Good morning, church. Let me, let me rephrase that. Good morning, family. That better? Good morning, family. Y'all, everybody good this morning? Man, as I, as I was listening to, to worship, and, and man, it's, uh, it's my favorite. I just love singing praises to Jesus. But as I was listening to that, the last little bit of that song was saying, Lord, you're all I want. You're all I want. How many of us just told a lie? Because we don't really want him as much as we say we do. God just really just started pressing upon me with that this morning. And so many of us walk in a way that, but in reality, somebody's ready for me to shut up already, I tell you. <laughs> but a lot of us think we're walking in a way that's pleasing to God, but in reality, we're only walking in a way that's pleasing us. We're walking in a way that we think's right, but we think's okay. And to be a follower of Jesus Christ means to abandon everything that we think's right and pursue only the things that God says is right. Amen? This, this week, we're starting a new series called Scandalous, and we, we started it when we were thinking about just, uh, you know, what are some of the things that are holding our people down, and one of the things I thought about was religion. Religion holds so many back people back from really experiencing the Holy Spirit the way God's called us to experience the Holy Spirit. And when I was thinking about that, you know, Jesus, he did so much. When he came on the scene, it was so scandalous in the eyes of the culture he was in that day. People was like, man, he's crazy. He's radical. Radical Christianity is only true Christianity. And, there's, and there's, we fight the same battles today. We fight the same things. We have to be countercultural with how we live with how we respond to things that don't please God. And in the society's eyes, it's kind of scandalous. It's kind of crazy. It don't make sense. It's against the grain. But either you're going against the grain or you're going with it. And, and so many of us think that we're going against the tide and the reality. The reality of things is the tide has pushed us and we're going with everything. We're just confused. So God's called us to, to walk away from religion and into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's one of the things that religion masks. We think as long as we keep rules, as long as we do certain things, we're okay in God's sight. God doesn't care about your religion. He only cares about a personal relationship with him, with Jesus Christ. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us of our sins so that that veil, that that. That thing that separated us from the will of God, that thing that separated us from even a talk to God, Jesus broke that. Praise the Lord. He broke that, and because he broke that, we have the opportunity to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just make a list of rules and, and say, well, if I do this, this, and this, then I'm going to heaven. It's not about that. It's about following Jesus Christ. And the more you fall in love with Jesus, it won't be about rules. It'll be about pleasing God. I remember that uh, when Sabrina and I first started dating, there was a certain there was some things I had to do to please her. It was a checklist. You know what I'm saying? You know, I used to log, I was logging with my uncle at that time, so man, I was greasy, dirty, nasty. I had to take a bath before I went and seen her. I had to put on cologne because she liked it. I had to put on cologne. I had to, I had to cut my hair. There's some things I had to do, right? You know, I had to do to look, to look pleasing to her. There's some things I just I just had to do. And, and as I one day I um I see you're about there grinning and laughing, but one day I was so I was so wanting to please her so much, you know, she was talking about I need a haircut, I cut it all off. <laughs> and I showed up to the house and I looked like a convict. I should have had a the, the suit on. 
And she said, oh my Lord, what have you done? I was like, you don't like it? She was like, no. (laughs) Took a little too far. But because I loved her, I was willing to do whatever it meant to please her. And when we really love God, we'll do whatever it takes to please him, amen? But see, I didn't look at it as things. There's a lot of stuff I really didn't like doing sometimes. You know, I didn't really like putting on cologne, but I did it. I didn't, sometimes I didn't want to get my hair cut, but I did it because I wanted it to please her because I loved her. And when we really love somebody, we will do things that we wouldn't do for anybody else. Amen? And it's the same thing with God. When we truly love God, we will do things for him that we wouldn't do apart from him. And in the spirit of Valentine's Day this week, what is your heart? What does your actions tell God? What does your actions tell Jesus does it show that I love you or does it show that I love me and I just want to say that I love you? Because today we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. So many of us are blinded by religion. So many of us are blinded by the rules and regulations and we're not, we're not walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 4, as you're turning to chapter 4, I want to give you just a quick overview. See, this is, the, this is right in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He don't have any disciples yet. He's just starting. He was just baptized by John. He went into the, um, earlier, he went into the uh, wilderness and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He comes out of that. Bam, we're right here in Luke 4. Jesus walks in and he's talking to a bunch of religious people. He's in a church service. He's in the synagogue. It's business as usual. They up in there just reading God's word. They're singing praises. and, And then it's time for somebody to preach. They give the mic to Jesus. Tell me something. You, 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 I see that you're gifted. Let me tell you something. And he begins to tell them that he is the God. He's the one they've been looking for. I am the Messiah, pretty much is what he's saying. And it makes them so mad. Some of you, what you've been looking for, it's been under your nose the whole time. But you're always looking for things and other things to fulfill you. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. You're looking for fulfillment in all the wrong people and all the wrong things. And Jesus is sitting there saying, I'm right here. A lot of us look and think religion is going to fix us, it's going to save us. If I can just go to church, if I can just read my Bible, if I can just pray, if I can do those things, it's going to be good. It is meaningless if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're just praying with an empty heart. You're just praying with, with just thinking that I'm going to appease my religious conscience, and then from, from that point on, I'm going to be okay. He don't care about that. He wants your heart, people. And when God has your heart, everything else changes. Your motives change. Your attitude changes. And I'm speaking from a man that was caught up in religion, thought I was saved, thought I was going to heaven, and all the, the whole time, I was going just as fast as hell as I could. I was on the highway, as they say, to hell. Quote the great, great theologian, ACDC. But anyhow, I was on the highway to hell. I was headed that direction. The whole time I thought I was right. The whole time I thought I was good. But I was wrong. I was blinded by religion. And my heart goes out to so many people every single week because we're blinded by religion thinking that if I do these things, I'm okay. But my life doesn't show a life that is pleasing to God. So right here in Luke chapter 4, God, Jesus is right here in the middle of the people that's been looking for him for so long, and they're blinded by their rules and their regulations. Chapter 4, verse 14, starts off. And when I read this heading, it says, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. 
Is that the story of your life? Jesus rejected at this home. I'm telling you, for so long, Jesus was rejected at the Lindsay household. He was rejected at the Lindsay household. Are you rejecting Jesus by your appeal to religion instead of your desire for relationship? That's free. Verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as he was accustomed to do. He stood up and read, stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Man, if you've ever been addicted, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus, right there. Recovering sight to the blind. And set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to him, and he sat down. Then the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So right there he's saying, I am the one that Isaiah was prophesying about. It's been fulfilled today. I am he. Did they say, thank you, Jesus? They say, yeah, woo, thank you. What can we do? I want to give my life to you. No, they looked at him and they looked at his past. They looked at his family and they was like, and they all spoke well of him and they were amazed at the gracious words that God, that came from his lips. And they said, isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. And Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. And truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow in Zephath, Zarephath, sorry, in the region of Sidon. And when, and there when there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet none of them were cleansed, only Nahum, the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, they drove him out of town, took him to the brow of the hill in which the town was built on in order to throw him off the cliff, but he walked right through the crowd and went away. And when you read that at faith, when I've read, I've read that and read that and read that all week long, and I'm like, oh God, what you want me to get out of this? I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. What are you trying to say? But when I read it, I was like, the very one that he, that, that, the very people that he came to save rejected him. How many times do we reject him? God came to save us. He sent Jesus to save us of our sins, to save us of our shortcomings, to save us so that we can have a relationship with him. But so many of us are blinded by what we grew up hearing. We grew up in the South. Everybody grew up in church or they went to church or they know somebody that did. So, so we think that as long as we go to church and we do these things, you know, like Grandma said do, if we do all those things, then we're going to be all right, right? Come on, y'all can talk to me. We're going to be all right. We, we think that we're going to be all right. We think that, you know, Grandma said I got to go to church every Sunday. 
I got, I got, to, I got to do these. I got to do this. I got to be a good boy. As long as I do these things, if I'm a good person, if I'm good enough, then I'll get to go to heaven. So what we have, we have a generation of people that think that just because they show up to church service, they, they say, God, I came to church. That should be good enough. You should be happy. Just because we go to church, just because we may read our Bible occasionally, just because we may pray every now and then, we think that we're okay with God because we have a little bit of religion in none of our lives. We sit there and we're like, God, we, have, we treat God like he should be happy with the crumbs we give him when he gave us our daily bread. The call to follow Jesus Christ means you step away from religion. You step away from this, I have to, I got to, and it's I want to. Amen. That's what Jesus is doing here. He, he comes to these men and he's like, look, everything that you think, this whole, I mean, these people were like, they were super religious. I mean, they, they knew the scripture, right? They had it written down. They had little boxes so they would memorize. They had it. Some of them had wore it on their heads. They, they appeared to be so religious, but yet they beat their wives. They, they stole. They, they didn't want to give only just a little bit that was required of them, but yet they had the appearance of being so holy. Do we give the world that appearance that we're so holy, we're so right, but yet we don't honor God with our life? See, one thing that's been burdening my heart is that we don't know how good God is. And if we're okay with religion, if we're okay with going to church, if we're okay with those things, and you've never really experienced the Holy Spirit do something in your life, you don't know what living is like. See, I'm convinced that there's, there's so many people that show up to church every single week, not just this church, but every church in America, they're just okay with religion. They're okay with just having a little bit to appease their conscience, and they go out and live their life any way they want to. And that's not what it means. If I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ, it will transform every aspect of my life. I went to church for all, for all my life. A broke down, burdened sinner, busting hell wide open. I got baptized. It didn't mean a thing. I was living my life for me. All the whole time thinking I was right with God. I mean, I, I, my heart burdens for those people and, and, and sometimes I cry out to God, like, God, why don't you open their eyes? But I remember how blinded I was. I looked around and I was, I was, what I was doing is I was comparing myself to everybody else. Anybody ever done that? Come on up in here. Y'all know y'all done it. Some of y'all did it this morning, but mm. I mean, I'm saying that's what I used to do, but like, you know what? Oh, such and such. They a Sunday school teacher. And look what they did last night. I ain't that bad. Look at that person. We want to point out people's failures. We want to point out people's mistakes to make us look good so that we don't have to face the reality that we're not right in God's eyes anyway. And I was doing that my whole life. I was looking at other people, and I was thinking I was okay, and I was going to church, and, and finally one day God just broke through, and he said, it's not about religion. It's not about going to church. It's about a relationship with me, spending every day with me. And let me tell you, when that happened, everything changed. I was no longer just this man that, let me tell you something, I had to go find my Bible the next day. I, had to go, I didn't even recognize it. I had, to, I had to knock the dust off of it. You couldn't even read it. You know what was that? It was in the closet. If you said, you're a Christian? Yeah, you got a Bible? Yep. You read it? Every now and then. Lying like crazy. 
had a form of religion. I didn't know Jesus. And the moment God changed my heart, I just began to have this hunger and thirst. That's what God's word says in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You won't ever hunt. If you're not hungry for God, you don't know him. I'm going to be straight with you. If you're not hungry to see God change your life, you don't know him. You don't know the Jesus that I know. Because you're just okay with where you are in the religion that you're in right now. See, Jesus was right there in front of those guys. How many Sundays do you come to church and Jesus is right in front of you, but you choose to stay the way you are and go back home because you're okay with the way things are? And there's so many people that are like that. And it's like this week, my stomach, I had a knot in my stomach all week long, just like, God, why can't people get it? Why can't people get it? And he's like, boy, you hard-headed. You didn't get it either for a long time. But that's the thing. Guys, we got to realize that the one we've been looking for, the things that's going to satisfy us the most is right in front of us. We just can't be willing to accept it and do what he says do. See, what, 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 what really made the, the religious people mad is God, what Jesus said, look, I'm overlooking you because you think you're right and you're not. And I'm going to go to those. I have went to those that know they're in destitute, that know they need help, that know that there is no way out but through me. I'm going to them. I'm going to the wretched sinners. That's why he went and he said, look, I went, I could have went to Israel and, and, and helped any widow, but instead I went to the Gentiles outside of God's chosen people. I went to the Gentiles and, ch- and chose to help her because she was in destitute to show my glory. What I've realized is that when we have this prideful heart, thinking we're good enough, we're great enough, we're okay, we won't change. We'll sit on the pew and we will sit there and rot and go to hell. There's many a man, many a good man and woman that done that because their life didn't change. But when you realize that there's no way in pleasing God except through truly following him and committing your life to him, there's so much freedom. I remember sitting in a church, dead as it could be, after I got saved, just wanting to raise my hand. I mean, I even did this a little bit, just like, don't let nobody see me. But I was like, because I thought they were going to look bad, on, look down on me. But I was just like, I was remembering, God saved me. God, he, he, he didn't have to. I was blinded by religion for so long, but he came in and he woke me up. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And I was like, why ain't nobody else happy? And I realized that nobody else cared. They were okay with business as usual. That's why churches die. That's why people don't care about reaching the lost because you don't understand what Jesus has done for you. That's why I never had a chance to tell no. I didn't care about telling God, telling anybody about God. I didn't care about telling anybody about Jesus when I was just religious going to church. You know what? I was only worried about me. But when Jesus saved me, I had to tell everybody. What's keeping you quiet? What's keeping you quiet? See, he said, he looked, Jesus said, look, I come and I receive sinners, but I refuse the righteous. I refuse those that think they're okay. They refuse to change. See, when I think I'm okay, I'm not going to change, right? I've, I've worked with people that, uh, in the past that, that's been doing surveying forever. Doing surveying forever. And it's like, why are you doing it that way? But that was the way I was taught. Yeah, but there's a so much easier way to do it. I ain't interested. But like, why? I mean, it'll save you an hour. I'll talk this way. This is the right way. It's like, okay, all right. There's so many of us that are that way. 
We don't want to, we're not going to change the way we think. We're not going to change our attitude because that's the way we were taught. That's what mama said. That's what grandma said. What if mama and grandma was wrong? You going to base eternity on what mama and grandma had to say? That's what I want to tell people. But it's, it's like, hey, let's follow Jesus. Let's, let's give my life to Christ. That's what he was telling them. I came to set you free, but you've got to allow me to set you free. How many times you come to church every single week and you've got all these problems, but your pride won't let you give them to God? So you leave here the same as you came in. What's the point in that? What are you doing? You're trying to show everybody else that you're religious? Good job, you did that. But that didn't count one ounce toward eternity. See, the reason Jesus came was to call sinners to repentance. Repentance. To ask God for forgiveness. Those who have cancer, they're looking for a cure, right? They're looking for help. They're looking for somebody to help them. Those who have, those who are hopeless and desperate, they're, they're looking for something to, to, to appease that pain. Those that are hurting, those that, that are, those that are hungry and thirsty, they're, they're looking for something to satisfy that. And whether you want to believe it or not or, or agree with me right now, but you're hungry for something and this, this religion stuff isn't helping. That's because you keep going back to the things you've always went to because you feel like that's what satisfies you. But that's not what satisfies you. When you truly give your life to Jesus Christ, that's when you truly feel satisfaction because God made us to want him. And the reason you go to all these things to, 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 to try to make you feel good, the reason you go to, to all these different stuff to make you feel better about yourself is because you're trying to fill this void that your stubborn heart won't accept the fact that you're not right with God and you're just being religious and you really need a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just crazy to me is that it's calling people to repentance. Sinners who know they are unworthy but yet long to be forgiven. And when I read that this week, I was like, you know what? That's what's wrong with so many people in church because they don't think they're sinners. They think they're just good people. They're just good enough. And they do enough good things to outweigh the bad things. Then when, when, when they die, guess what? They, they think they're going to go to heaven. And they're going to wake up and they're going to think, oh, Lord, what am I doing in this deep fryer? What's going on? They're burning. They, they, they're separated from God. They're in this darkness. Let me tell you, that's, that's not the time to say, you know what? I should have followed Jesus. You know what I'm saying? There's no undo button. There's no restart. This ain't Monopoly. You can't go back to the beginning and start over. We've got to realize that God placed us here only for a certain amount of time, and the time we're here is supposed to be spent to glorify Him. And if we're spinning our wheels, just doing our religious things, appeasing our conscience, and we're not really following Jesus, we're robbing ourselves of so much more fulfillment. I, I kind of think of this as when I realized that I was, that I, I wasn't, that what I was doing wasn't right, and that, you know, my partying, my drinking on the weekend, and then my going to church on Sunday wasn't good enough, I realized how far I was from the grace of God. And it was like I was in the bottom of a pit, and I was looking up, and I had been there for so long looking for something to help me get out of this pit, and I'm looking up, and finally, thinking I'm going to give up, there's nothing else that's going to help me, God throws me a rope. And he's saying, son, wrap this around you. And if you trust me, I'm going to pull you out of this hole. And there's a lot of you that that's got opportunities been given to you and you're standing at the bottom of the hole looking at the rope because you don't have faith that God's going to pull you out of the mess you're in. 
And God said, if you just grab on, tie it around you, I will pull you out. And there's a lot of us like, no, nah, uh-uh, I'm going to do this on my own. I got this, God. And you're trying to climb your way out of that hole. You're failing. You, you, you don't understand why you feel like a failure because you're trying to do this on your own. You're trying to do this in your own power. Only until you give up and you grab on that rope that God throw, threw down for you is when you're going to feel like you mean something, like you matter. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down this morning? Religion will always fail you, but Jesus never will. Never will. And I know I'm speaking a foreign language to some of you guys, but the truth is this. Unless you realize that you have a sin problem, you will never reach out to get God to help you get out of that sin. You know, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of us that are prideful. I, I, remember, uh, I remember this fellow that, that uh, his back hurt him. For, for a long time, his back, his, first it was, it was his stomach, then it, you know, he kept, he wouldn't ever go to the doctor. I'm like, go to the doctor, he can figure it out. No, I'm not going to go. I ain't going to the doctor. I don't like doctors. How many times you heard that, Kyle? I don't like doctors. I ain't going to the doctor. Doctors kill people. Yeah, okay, whatever. They're going on. And, oh, I got, the next thing, next thing happened is that it started hurting in his back. And, and, and he just, he kept putting it off. And he, he, it was a year long thing. And then finally he goes to the doctor. He knew something was wrong the whole time but he refused to deal with it. He gets to the doctor. The doctor's like, I got horrible news. You got stage four cancer and you may have two weeks to live. And the man's like, what? He shouldn't have been surprised because he had all the symptoms that he was going to die, that there was something wrong, but he chose, he, choose, he chose not to deal with it. How many of you have been feeling empty for so long, but you've been choosing not to deal with it? And for us not to follow Christ means to be okay with the way we are and we're going to die a slow, painful death, separated from God. If we understood what hell was like, I 100% believe that most of us would quit our jobs and we would be running in the streets every single day, shouting from the top of our lungs, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. But we don't understand that. See, people don't come to healing unless they know they have a disease. They don't come to, to a lifestyle change unless they realize they have a penalty of death unless they don't change their lifestyle. That's why Jesus came to expose us all as sinners. If you think you're okay, you're not going to look for something to help you. And without a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will never please God. It's a heart change, people. It's not, it's not just about a bunch of rules. It's not about doing all this. Make, you, know, you can pray and you can read God's word, but if you're not walking in obedience with God, you don't know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, God's word says it's a horrible thing to know the things of God, but not put them in action. And we can know them, but if they're in our heart and we're not really doing it, we won't slay sin. We won't be intentional. And that's a good guide in your life. How intentional are you about slaying sin if you have the Holy Spirit in your life? If you got the Holy Spirit in your life, let me tell you a little something, something. Y'all ready? Y'all lean up. Listen to me. If you got the Holy Spirit in your life, you can't keep walking in sin. You can't keep walking in it. You, you might try, but you're going to feel that tug. You're going to feel that, that just, it's just killing you, gnawing at you. If you don't feel that, then something's wrong. You might have made a profession of faith, but you ain't walking in that commitment. I, I wonder why so many people, they struggle with relationships. They, they just can't ever get it right. And everybody's failing them because they've never really committed their life to anything. Commit your life to Christ. 
That's when you're going to find your true fulfillment. See, it's crazy though. We don't understand. We think that Jesus can't understand what we are. We don't, under, we don't think that he knows our pain, our suffering. Hebrews 4.15 says that, that he is the high priest, that we have a high priest and a perfect savior who understands the pain, who understands what it's like to be a man, a human. And he was tempted just like we are, but yet he never sinned. Verse 16 says that, that uh, so we can come to him fearlessly and confidently before God in prayer and ask for forgiveness. He knows the struggle's real. He knows the pain and the suffering that you're going through, but you got to come to him and say, God, deliver me. God, help me. And, and when, you're, when you're just caught up in religion, you know what? You don't say, God, help me. You say, I got this. I can handle this. All I got to do is, is do this, this, and this, and I'm good. That's why you see so many bitter Christians, so many some people that claim to be godly, but they are mean and hateful. Y'all know anybody like that? They all about religion, and they ain't about a relationship. Because if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you know that being hateful and mad at somebody, you can't stay that way. You can't stay that way. You know that there's something going on in your life that don't please God. You can't continue to let that happen. It will eat you alive because you are in a relationship with Jesus. Following Christ just completely diminishes anything to do with religion, just going through the motions. That's why the church is powerless today because so many of us are going through the motions of religion. We're thinking that, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. There's no power in your life because you're not slaying sin because you truly don't have a close relationship with Christ. You may have took that first step. You may have, pat, you, know, you know, it's one of those things, you know, what's that song? Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Check yes or no, that George Strait song. Some of y'all might have checked yes, but you ain't never sent a letter back. I want to follow Christ, but you know what? I got all this other junk in my life and I'm scared. Telling you, you won't, you'll continue to fail. You'll continue to be empty until you surrender those things to Christ. Religion does nothing for you. Nothing for you. He calls us to be a new creation, to be a brand new creator. He, 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 a brand new creation. Isaiah says that he will remove that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. He will give you a new heart. If there's not been a heart change in your life, then you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You picking up what I'm putting down? If you're okay with how you are, if you're okay with the sin in your life, you just got religion and you don't have Jesus. You can't live in a way that don't please God and say that you're okay with it if you were truly in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion will send you to hell every single time, but Jesus will deliver you. And we've got to get a hold of that in the church today. If we got a hold of that, if we trade, most everybody that claims to be a Christian would trade in that dead, dying religion and give their life to Jesus Christ, we would make a difference in this world. We would do the things that God's called us to do. See, we need to understand what really matters. What really matters? We think what matters is what we project, what, our, what, what, what people think we are. Come on. We, we, if somebody thinks I'm a Christian, then that means something, right? If I dress the part, if I talk the talk, if I walk, if I talk the talk, then, then you, know, I, you know, I'm good, right? I'm, that's, that's a step in the right direction, right? No, you're just confused. One of the, one of the biggest things to me when I first got, when I first started preaching, and, and I'm kind of a, a rebel, I guess, in a way, I, I, I hate a tie. Lord, I hate a tie. And I hate a jacket. So if you show, I show up to an event that you got and I got a jacket and a tie on, you know I love you. 
But I showed her this, I showed up this church, and I this lady, little old lady, and I walked in there and I had my Bible, and I walked in there and I had my, uh, I had my boots on, and um, I had a pair of khakis and shirt like this, and walked in there, had my Bible. He's like, well, "Who are you, son?" I said, "I'm the I'm I'm the preacher. The, uh, the brother so and so asked me to come and and deliver the word today, and you know, oh, well, you know, real preachers wear ties." And I about said, real preachers don't do that either. I'm just playing. I did think that, though. But <clears throat> it's like we got this idea that we, there, you know, there's a look about it. You know, you got to look Christian. Everybody that wears a, a Jesus T-shirt and got a cross on ain't going to heaven, okay? You know, we got to think we got to look the part. We got to look this certain way, and that's not it. You won't want to look any, like, like anybody but Christ. I want my actions to speak more than what my attire looks like. Amen. You know, the other thing is, is, is we think that as long as people think we're okay, then we're okay if there's, there's no change in our life. I, I went to Sunday school my whole life. I went to Sunday school when I was going to Elam. Elam, going to church at Elam Baptist Church, it really changed my life. I started going to church with people that I seen a difference in their life before I hadn't seen that. But the whole time I was just go, I was going through the motions and going through the motions of religion. And, and, and when I got there, I seen people that, really loved Jesus on Monday, believe it or not, the day after church. They, you know, they loved him that day. They were praying for him. Let's do a Bible study. We're like, whoa, what you doing? A Bible study? Y'all want to know more about God? Before then, it was like, hey, we'll see y'all next Sunday. Y'all hope nothing happens to you. I mean, I'm, people love one another. They cared about one another. And when I seen that, I was like, man, what is that? And it, it challenged me to realize I've got to change my life. I've got to follow. To follow in Christ means I change my life and I'm no longer who I am right now. And it was so freeing. Man, when, when I started seeing God change me, deliver me from sin, deliver me from things that I was addicted to, seeing that happen because before I was okay with what I was doing. I was empty and dying inside. And when I was giving up things, that man, it was hard. It was hard. I was used to riding dirt roads and drinking cold beer on Friday nights, and then I was sitting at home watching Hallmark, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm dying. What's going on here? This ain't right. But then, then, I began to, but then I realized I'm still happy. I'm happy sitting right here on the couch with my wife, holding her hand, watching this chick flick. I'm just as happy as I was. And I woke up the next morning, and praise God, I didn't have a headache. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I found fulfillment in that. Now, when, I, when that started happening, I realized that Jesus is making a difference in my life. I wasn't empty anymore. I wasn't looking for the next best thing because I had it right there. And when that started happening, I'd go through hell or high water, whatever Jesus wanted me to do. I told him I will do anything you want me to do, God, because I've seen the difference you've made in my life. The reason you're okay with where you are is because you're not, you're not, you don't have the faith enough to dare to be different, to dare to follow Christ, to dare to, to make those hard decisions. You know, and the last thing is that, that, that there's a heart change in our lives just because we have a position in a church or, we, or we, people think that we're godly don't mean anything. I heard a disturbing story this past week. Me and a guy was talking and he was like, man, I'll tell you a deacon from a church about ruin me. I said, ruin me? I said, what you mean? He said, well, I just got ordained to be a deacon and we were sitting up there and this guy had been chairman of deacons for 20 years. I was like, okay. He said, he's supposed to be godly, right? I was like, yeah, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be. He's like, well, 
something happened and the preacher left and man, that guy, he, he, at, at church, he cussed out his daughter. I was like, ooh. And he did this and he did that and he was naming all this stuff and I was like, okay. I said, well, it sounds like he was just religious and he didn't know Jesus. Just because you got a title, just because people think you are something don't mean you are, amen? And so many of us with our jaded, fake lifestyle, are painting the wrong picture to the people in the, outside these four walls. We're showing people that you, we're saying, hey, you can live wrong and die right because you don't really know who Christ is. You're hanging on to this religion of pleasing yourself, of doing anything you want to do, but you're not walking away from sin and really pleasing God. And you know what we're doing? We're doing just like those people were doing to Jesus. We're running them out of town and pushing them off the cliff. We're sending them right to hell if we choose not to trade in this dead, dying religion and follow Christ, to walk away from the things that don't, don't please him, to do whatever it takes to make God happy. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are you willing to do that this morning? It's hard, but that's what God's called us to do. That's what really matters is that we are living a life with God. Every single day I'm getting up in the morning saying, Jesus, show me what you want me to do. God, use me in a way you want me to use me today. God, I want to do more for you. Are you doing that? It's so easy to get caught up in religion to where you're just going through the motions. And you don't wake up with this passion of like, God, what do you want me to do for you today? And I found myself a couple years ago caught up in busyness. I was on fire for God and they got caught up in busyness. And the next thing I know, I realized that there was sin in my life creeping in that I had walked away from. And you know why that happened? It's because I'd walked away from my number one. I put work as my number one. And if I had time to spend with God, I would do that after work. And then after work happened, then my wife was number two. And, and then, you know, sleep was a number three. And, you know, God, if, if, if I've got all those things done, then you know what? I'm going to spend time with you. And I found myself falling down in religion, thinking I was good enough for the grace of God. And still one day I was at work. I've been painting that picture that I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I've been painting that picture at work. And next thing you know, I'm caught up in religion and I'm just cussing at somebody. And God says, that don't honor me, Jeremy. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. I could say, you know what? Shut up, God. This is about me and my life. Or I could say, you know what? I'm sorry. And that broke me right there. Y'all know I'll cry a drop of a hat. But I ain't always been that way. God removed that hard heart I used to have. And he gave me a heart that's tender to him. And I shut that door that day. And I went in my, I laid down in the floor of my office in downtown Savannah, Georgia. And I cried out to God. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry that I've got caught up in life. And I've walked away from my first love. God, forgive me. And Lord, I pray that if you'll forgive me and you'll give me the strength to walk on, I will never, ever, ever do that again. It's been six years ago since that's happened. And whenever I start getting busy, God's saying, remember what happened last time, Jeremy. And I always go running back. Some of you will never know the goodness of God until you walk away from the sin that's holding you down.
Some of you will never know the goodness of God until you choose to stand on the word of God and say, I'm going to not be religious, but I'm going to love Jesus. And loving Jesus means I walk away from the things that don't please him. Loving Jesus means I surrender my life and I please him with my life. Loving Jesus means I do whatever it takes to please him. You wouldn't treat your spouse the way you've been treating Jesus. You wouldn't treat your kids the way you've been treating Jesus. And the reason is that is because you don't really know him. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association about five years ago said that on any given church service, there's about 80% of people that are lost, dying, going to hell. Because so many of us are religious going to church and we think we're right, we think we're good, but he doesn't have our heart. Newsflash for you. When you get to heaven, there ain't gonna be a little man standing at the gate. When you die, there ain't gonna be a little man standing at the gate saying, all right, you had perfect attendance every single, from the moment that you raised your hand for salvation, you had perfect attendance to church. You read your Bible seven million times. Some days you even read it five times a day. There's not gonna be a checklist of how many times or how much you did. When you get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, come in because I know who you are. Or he's going to say, I don't know you. The Bible says that in the last days, in Isaiah, he also says in the last days that people will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. We will look the part, but by our lives, we will deny the power of Jesus. My heart cries for us today. My heart cries for you. This week, I was so messed up by this. Walking with people and walking through situations and it's like just dying inside, wanting people to to love Jesus more than their sin and then seeing them walk away from God, it kills me inside. But I'm just a man, I'm not Jesus. And this morning, we were back there praying and I just got to thinking, how if it breaks me that bad, then God, what's it doing to you? Lord, guys, I want to tell you the most important thing we can do is trade in all these rules we say we got to do and passionately pursue Christ every single day. Because if you love him, you're going to spend time with him, amen? If you love him, you're going to obey him, amen? If you love him, you're going to do whatever he says do, amen? I don't want nobody bringing me some candy and it says they love me but they stabbed me on the back the next day. You ain't going to take your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend of Valentine and say, I love you, because they're going to say, you a lie. How many of us say one thing, but our lives show something totally different? And what Jesus is asking you today is, do you love me more than religion? Do you love me more than yourself? He's crying out to you, do you love me today? Because if you love him, you will take that, you will make the hard decisions, you'll walk away from the things that don't please him. If you really love him, you won't, I mean, let me tell you, you won't care what other people think. You won't care if they say, man, he's just a holy roller. Man, praise God if they think you're a holy roller. 
Man, I'm just telling you, we're so worried about what other people think and we don't care what God thinks. Examine your heart today. If God came back right now, would he find you faithfully pursuing him or would he find you just a religious person coming to church, checking the boxes with no true desire, no true care? You know, my desire and my heart as a pastor is that each and every one of you would walk in that. That each and every one of you would say, you know what, Jesus, I love you more. God, I want more of you. God, I desire you more. I want to see you change yourself and say, God, I want you more than any of this other junk. I value you more than any of this other stuff. I don't care what nobody else thinks of me, Jesus, but you. My heart for you guys is that we would walk in that and and we would cry out to God and say, Lord, I want you more than anything else. I want you more than money. I want you more than this girlfriend, this boyfriend. I want you more than this sin. I want you today. That's what I want for you. Because when you want that, when you desire that, and he says, you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, here I am. So many of us think that God's walked out on us. In reality, we walked out on God. And he's just waiting on you to turn around. And when you turn around, he's going to be right there with his arms like this. Disobedient Christian, God's calling you today. He's saying, come back. Those of you that, that you, you, you claim to be walking with God and something bad happened and you, you walked away from him, Jesus is saying, come back today. He's calling out to you today saying, it's not about church, it's about me. And if you don't love me, you don't know me. Are you going to be like the religious people? And Jesus is right here in your face this morning. And you're like, never mind. Because that's not what I expected. That's what it's all for, guys. If you're here today and you don't really know who Jesus is, if you just had this form of religion, you've been coming in and out these doors, but you've never surrendered your life to Christ, there's never been a true change in your life, I want to ask you to boldly raise your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus today. I want to give it to him today. I'm tired of feeling empty. I'm tired of feeling alone. I want to give my life to him today. Raise your hand. I just want to challenge you today. Swallow that pride. Raising your hand and showing, you know what? I know that my life is jacked up, but I want to follow Christ. Raise your hand. Man, how many liars we have every Sunday. Brace my heart. Because if we were truly following Jesus, if we were all truly followers of Christ, this place be full. This place be slap full. Because we'd be running at the grocery store saying, let me tell you what a difference Jesus has made in my life. But you know what we do? We go by somebody that's hurting in the grocery store and we walk right past them. They're crying, they're broken. It's like, you know what, not my problem. You know what, you forgot what God brought you through. People, God's calling us to be a light for the world. Not to sit here on our butts every single Sunday saying, fill me up, God. We got to go out and say, this is what Jesus has done in my life. But we won't do that if we're just okay with religion and making these rules. I thank God that he didn't give up on me. I thank God that he called me out of religion. And I thank God I got a relationship with him. And I want you to have it, but you got to want it.
So what's keeping you from it? And I know I can't make you, but golly, I wish I could. That's what this altar's for. You know the sins that are holding you down. You know that what you're doing is not right. And you think you've not, you think that, that you've got it all masked and nobody knows, but God knows. I'm not going to give you the same old cliche, but think about life. What happens if there's no life tomorrow? Are you pleasing God today? Because if you're not pleasing today, you're not going to please him tomorrow unless you make a decision to change today. And that's what this altar's for. If you want prayer, I'll be over here. I'll come pray with you. Pride keeps us from saying that we're wrong. What does God, what is God telling you right now that you need to change? So many of us are numb to the Holy Spirit because we're okay with the way things are. Instead of singing, I want more of you, God. If you're okay with where you are right now, then guess what? You're okay with religion and you're not okay. You don't want any more of Jesus. So I'm challenging you today. When I pray, I want you to move. If God's moving your heart, move. Don't sit there and, and, and stew in your pride. Come and lay your pride, things at the feet of Jesus. So as the band comes forward and we begin to, to leave out, don't leave here without getting right before God. Father of God, we come to you right now, Lord, and God, you know my heart, Lord. I just, I wish I could stick a needle in these veins and God, I could just pull out what you've done in my life and I could inject somebody with it, Father, so they could experience the passion, they could experience just the, the drive that's, God, just please, I plead with you today, Father. Don't let us live a life of just dead religion, Father. God, please change us. God, please make us every single day aware of how far you brought us from. Don't let us be these self-righteous people that look down our nose at everybody else and forget where we come from, God. Move in our hearts, Father. God, help us, Lord, be a people that when somebody sees our life, they see a man and woman that's on fire for you, that loves you, that cares for you, God, because of the way we respond. And Lord, many might think, that this is cruel, but God, I do earnestly and honestly pray this right now. That God, if there's anybody in this room right now that's walking in sin and claim to know you, then God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would convict them and that God, they can't sleep tonight. God, I pray that tomorrow is miserable and the next day and the next day, God, until they surrender those things to you, God. Lord, I rebuke the devil and I rebuke any kind of sin that, that tries to keep people in bondage. Father, I pray, God, that you would do an amazing work in people's hearts. Lord, we would love you first and nobody else, Lord. God, change us, please. Please, God. Move, Lord.